The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another episode of the Power Cat Podcast. The greatest podcast ever named the Power Cat Podcast. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. Probably? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe there's a powerboat thing out there. Powerboat podcast. I hate autocorrect. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be horrible if it did it to your own speech. Welcome to the Powerboat podcast. It'd be a great April Fool's joke. <laughs> Tempest Gelled Renegades, and that was Zach Carlson, the uh, master of the April Fool's joke, apparently, and I didn't know that. This is the Powercat podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, the finest liquor store named The Fridge in all of Manhattan. I'm really bad with these endorsements today, even my own. Huh. But get into the fridge. Go see Kevin and the gang right there at the corner of West Loop and Claflin. One's Drive, one's Avenue, one's Street, one's Boulevard. I don't know. The fridge. Widest selection of liquor in town. Great selection of beer, except for Tallgrass. <clears throat> Ouch. I'm sorry. Was that, was that uncalled for? I mean, it, I think it's factual. <laughs> what we stated was an accurate assessment. <laughs> There's no need to speculate. No need to speculate. Miss me some uh, buffalo sweat. You know what, though? I don't mean to freak you guys out. It was not made with real buffalo sweat. Really? No. It was just all a name. I was in at the fridge on Sunday because um, the Cowboys... Because I told you on the pull out on the last podcast on Fridays before a game, I like to go get a random six pack of beer I've never had and drink it. And well, we couldn't do that because Zach and I were in lovely Sabatha, Kansas until ten thirty p.m. It was it was late. Yeah, and so it was the a nice turn of closed. events. Yeah, yeah. So during the Cowboys game, I bought a random six pack and it was called uh, Great White. It's like it had a shark on it. It wasn't named after the '80s rock band. Did it have hair in the beer? No. Okay, that's good. Because the fridge would never sell beer with hair in it. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, microbreweries are into weird stuff. I know. This is how we might lose a sponsor. (laughs) I mean, the world has sour beer. Why not hair beer? It's a delicacy. Real hair. And uh, speaking of places you want to go, Tanner's is our first segment sponsor. Ate there twice last week in the pursuit of healthiness. And how many calls did we get to go eat with him? Uh, negative. Uh, yeah, none. Negative three. You know what? There's a reason for that. You don't like us? <laughs> There's a reason for that. I'd rather go to Carlos O'Kelly and make Riley and pay. Make pay. <laughs> oh, that's right. I owe you money. I pulled the O. Oh, <laughs> I forgot my wallet trick on oh, my own employees. He legitimately forgot his wallet, though. <laughs> it was on my desk. Okay, let's move on now. Let's get rocking and rolling. K-State looked better. Probably not good enough, but they got the win against UTSA on Saturday at the Bill 41-17. That was the score, right, Zach? Forty-one twenty-seven. Forty-one seventeen. 
and uh, off to West Virginia they go this weekend. Oh, and a personal announcement, this will be my third game in uh, 20, good heavens, I'm old, 24 seasons that I will have missed as I sit out some of these games. I'll put up more information at Wabash Station to explain what's going on, if you don't know already, but I'll... I'll handle that there. Let's get rolling with questions from Wildbass Station and our MC, Mr. Zach. From Freuch101, what is the significance of Colin Klein being in the booth and Andre Coleman being on the sidelines, if any? Here's my hot take. I really believe Andre was having problems from that angle because he's an on-the-field guy. It's a di- it's to- two different worlds. Being on the field, you're in the action, you kind of got a feel for everything, but you really can't see what's going on in the field. <clears throat> Up in the press box, it's the total opposite. You can see everything going on in the field, but you're kind of out of touch with what's happening down there except, you know, via phone, your headset. Receivers aren't ever asked to read a defense. They're they're asked to read a coverage but not particularly a defense. Um, So that's something you have to do very quickly, and that's something a quarterback has always been asked to do, and I think Colin's probably pretty good at it. So I think this is a good use of resources. Andre, the fiery guy, gets to go back to the sideline, still call plays, and he's got an eye on this guy in Colin that really knows how to read a defense quickly and can communicate that to his offense coordinator. I think it was a lot different than the players led on to. They were like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's no big difference. It's kind of all the same thing. It is different. I mean, I don't, and I don't think it's bad to admit that it was different. Yeah. You know, I, I think people look at it as by Andre losing his spot, not losing his spot, by Andre leaving his spot in the box, it somehow means he's less qualified or, you know, not as good of a play caller or whatever you want to say there. And I feel like that's the vibe they thought we would think. I I just I just think it was necessary. Works better for Andre. I completely agree with what you said and your opinion of it, and you know I'd like to see. Obviously, it worked. You know I know the UTSA was a bad team, but it clearly worked. So why not stick with it? You know. From I like pickles cat. What's more impressive, a forty-one point win against Rutgers or a twenty-four point win against UTSA? <laughs> I kind of wanted to leave it. As an overtime question, but this right. I like this. I thought KU's win was more impressive. Yeah, I did. I it was now. Grant, I don't think Rutgers is a good team, but I thought KU played with a great deal of effort and spirit, and they established a run game. They built an offense off of that. They got a bunch of turnovers. Their defense attacked them. I don't know if KU's markedly better, but they're playing with more identity and and spirit. We'll see what happens at, at Waco, but if you're a KU fan. If you're a KU player, you got to feel pretty good about yourself right now. Probably the best you've felt in a long, long time, and that's okay. We'll see what they do here forward, but they're creating turnovers. they got a running back that's proven effective. It's helped them build an offense around it. Yeah, I, I, I think KU's win was better. Plus, I didn't, see as ma- I didn't see as many holes in KU's game as I saw in K-State's game. You know, there were still some issues. The running yeah. game wasn't very good. Uh, the run defense, I know they only give up 127, I think. I forget. I don't have the number oh, in front of me, whatever was, it was. 37? It was around, it was around 150. Cause it was, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, it's a fine number. and they. But also, UTSA only had 100 yards coming in the game. So yep. there's still some a few issues if I'm playing my pessimist card here. and um, So, yeah, I'd probably got, go with KU's win. Yep, I got big concerns about K-State still. I mean, it's not, oh, my God, concerns if they had – played another close game but 
I'm, I'm concerned, and we're going to see – we're going to learn a lot about both of those teams with their road games this weekend. From Solly43, based on our running struggles, should we consider trying to become a pass-first, run-second kind of offense? They might be heading there this year. Yep. I really think so, um, which is weird because I think Alex Barnes is still really good. Um, and maybe it speaks to more what Skyler can do. You know, I, They were way better on that opening drive throwing the ball than they were running it. Yep. Again, take everything with a grain of salt from that game. It was UTSA. I think South Dakota beats UTSA if they play each other. I would agree. Um, but, uh, yeah. They Especially might be now because UTSA about ran out of players over the course of that game. <laughs> so it might be they might be a pass-first team, and maybe that's better for K-State. You know, For years, K-State's been a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team, and they've been this run-first offense, which – worked fine, but it was, it didn't work enough to win a Big 12 championship. You can run the ball effectively setting it up with the pass. Exactly. And and I think that's what we'll see from K-State going forward. It certainly sets up the play action, and if they want to execute it as well as they did on that one play, then it's going to work quite a bit. From Thundercat, is Skyler the first potential three-year starter in Snyder's history at quarterback, and how high do you think his ceiling is? Well, ceiling is i mean i think we saw his ceiling or how high his ceiling could be last year when he walked walked into stillwater and beat the number 10 team in the country as a retro freshman oh roberson would fall under the 2001 season where he swapped with mark dunn and and then two more years but yeah i certainly in the time back yeah i think i think he can get really good i think he is good it's just he got off to the bad start, and I, I think he's going to be fine. And um, he's good enough to build build success around. I know that. I found it notable just how many guys made it a point to say Skyler took charge. That was a really an occurring theme throughout the uh, post game press conference on Saturday, and um, I think that just kind of speaks to yeah, Alex Stelton is the team captain, but that doesn't mean Skyler's not a leader. You know, I think he's a, a really good leader. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does as he kind of, you know, further matures and everything. From West Tejas, Cat 50, I think Skyler had 10 carries in the game. What is the sweet spot for quarterback carries in your mind for Skyler to see the end of the season without seeing a cast or a surgeon? I think he had 14. Well, take into account sacks and um, plays that aren't initially supposed to be quarterback runs. Um, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it, but also they were up by, like, what, 21 or something at some point, and they're running a quarterback draw. That's not necessary. I agree. I, I, feel, like, I feel like they made it a point, or at least we thought they made it a point, to slowly move away from the quarterback run game. And it's almost the same, maybe a few thing, maybe a few attempts less this year, um, which I, you don't want to be facing TCU in week seven or eight or whatever that week that is and have to be going down to your backup or your third-string quarterback, mm-hmm. just saying. From Canelio, still weren't good enough running the football this past Saturday. I don't expect to improve in Morgantown either. You see Skyler chucking it 40-plus times this week. Could, yeah. They could fall behind and have to air it out. That's how they're going to have to win it, right? Zach, you okay over there? Oh, no. All right. Did you screw something up there, Zach? I didn't screw anything up. That was... Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, look. They run a 3-3-5. You see a 3-3-5 once a season, 
and it's against West Virginia. It's hard to figure out blocking schemes. This line should be able to do it. They've seen it. They're veteran. Uh, but it does confuse defenses. It does make it harder sometimes to run the ball. Then again, you can exploit gaps in a 3-3-5. They line up wrong or they, you blow open something. A little bit lighter defense because you only have three down linemen and three linebackers. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. If they fall behind, they will be throwing it. Um, but you know what, guys? I feel like this year they can, if they fall behind, they're capable of catching up with the pass. I feel like they got some guys that can get it done. And I like the fact that it appeared they were determined to work in Isaiah Harris and Trebastian Taylor and try to get some, you know, some new blood out there to, to figure things out and um, get them involved. I think that's important. They've got to have be a little bit more dynamic at receiver, but I think Skyler and, and company can get it done. From GT Cat, has Charlie Dickey ever had a great coached run blocking line that didn't rely on the quarterback, most notably Colin Klein, uh, run game to get the rushing yard stats? I thought that was a good question. Um, well, I mean, it's just part of the offense. I don't know how this is a criticism. Is this a criticism of Charlie? I think this is Bill Snyder's offense. I don't understand. It's not like he's saying we can only run the ball with a quarterback run game. That's what coach wants to do. So things are built around that. I think he's just asking, has there been a year where they run the ball well but don't necessarily rely that much? Well, you'd have to go back to 2009 because that was the only year they really didn't lean on the quarterback run game because that wasn't Carson Kaufman's thing. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they recruit quarterbacks to run the ball, so it's hard to say. At Utah? Hell yeah. They ran the ball at Utah without a quarterback run game. They're pretty damn good. From Thundercat, our receivers seem to be solidifying but lack a game breaker. Can Isaiah Zuber be that guy? I mean, he can with his speed, but Isaiah's small, man. Yeah. I don't know that he's dynamic enough to be a Tyler Lockett. Which and he's had, obviously not big enough to be a Byron Pringle. Right. So he's going to be their main guy, but, uh, you know, he's not Quincy Morgan. Yeah, he's. I think he's a fine receiver. Yeah, I think he's their best guy. I think it's going to be a by-committee thing, which I have no problem with. I think in some ways you're better off. If you've got Dalton Schoen and Zach Reuters showing some ability, it, you throw it to your running backs, throw it to your tight end, I'm good. I'm good. What they need to do is find a way to keep Dalton in that slot. Instead of, you know, I guess I, I would need to go back and look at how often they've actually kept they're taking him out of the slot, put him, you know, split out like that. But he he's so much better out of the slot than he is as a that one on one receiver, whatever, kind of like where Isaiah was on that that catch from uh, from Alex. So that's kind of your go to this year. Right. Dalton out of the slot a play like he caught that touchdown on or a play like the touchdown against Mississippi State. Until Sebastian Taylor figures his stuff out, you don't really have that go-to guy outside of Dalton. I think Zach Reuter can come up big for some catches along the way, but you're never going to throw to him when you need a big play. You're just going to throw to him when you need a nice 37-yard pass on the opening drive of the game. Yeah, I mean, he – I don't know. I, he made he's made some big catches, but yeah, he's not going to be your go-to guy. I mean, Zuber's your go-to guy, and how dynamic he is is probably less than what you want. Uh, but you got to play with what you got, and I think they can spread it around with 
Zuber is the main guy. He had half the catches, guys. He had 14 completions. He had seven catches. So I, I think they're going to target him quite a bit. I think this is a new name here, Mad Dog 2020. Welcome. Well, I like this person. They obviously make good decisions. Uh, so far from so far this year, I am still underwhelmed how Alex Barnes has been playing. It seems like he can only run for five yards and then looks to get hit. There's no chance of him getting loose for a big run. Wouldn't it make Wouldn't it make sense to have Warmack getting more carries, like maybe a 50-50 split? Thank you. Yeah, I, I I don't think I'm so like I'm so sick of the uh, Marcus is probably going to get mad that I'm calling him out here. So what if you can run over a guy? No, I like it. You're I, not I'm, going anywhere. I'm with Mar- if you though his his thought is you're not seeking out contact but you're not avoiding it. That if you're going to get hit, put your pads into the guy and send a message. Well, him. I'm I I like that. Yeah, I understand that approach, but also he did that one game and it didn't mean anything well, in the long you run. Gotta, you got to hammer at a defense, but he isn't getting loose. He just isn't. He's just kind of missing something there, and maybe that's a function of the line not quite getting it done. I would like to see Silman and, and Warmack get a few more. Silman got some carries in meaningless time against with the number two line. But, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it spread it around a little bit. But they didn't run many plays, guys. I I think this is – in the past, I embraced the low play count manage the clock. I don't think this offense is functioning with that. I don't think they're they're mentally equipped to be a low play count team. I think they want to get up there and have a little more rhythm and run a few more plays. Now there comes a time in the game where you might want to slow it down and run the clock, but not from the get-go, man. I think these guys want to go and snap it and and get after a defense and and I hope we see them move a little bit more in that direction. I just don't think they're in a rhythm. Last question of the first half. Another unfamiliar name, Sir Wright. Welcome. How do you spell Wright? W-R-I-G-H-T. So it's like, a name. Yeah, like the Wright brothers. So it's not like at home when I demand, I, my wife calls me Sir Wright. Not That's incorrect. Correct. Yeah, she never does it. I, uh, yeah, why would you say something she never does? Because that's marriage. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, his question is, or, you know, yeah, sir. Sir's a guy. I can assume. I hope so. Okay. Uh, you think we will ever see uh, an under center I formation or offset formation with slams, bucks, and option again? Maybe mix in a play action pitch or sweep. It seems it's hard to run the ball when you get the ball standing still in the shotgun RPO offense we run. You know, when I was growing up, I had a phone that hung on the wall and had a cord on it. That's about the same kind of technology as that offense is right now. I agree with you, Sir Wright. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see a little throwback. But it just isn't used anymore, and I don't quite get it. I don't understand. But it's the nature of football right now. Do we find it – I guess alarming isn't the right word because we're, so, because we're pretty used to it, you know, three games in, and we saw Skyler a lot last year. But is it weird at all that they're – they never are under center. I think it's very strange. Like I don't understand it. I they I, are completely gone from that. And I know he's not calling by any means. So uh, was it D Scott? Someone ran. I don't know. Someone put up a highlight of Michael Bishop running the quarterback draw out of the I formation. He goes back and play fakes the fullback. 
then play fakes the running back. So now he has two lead blockers, goes back like he's going to throw, plants his foot, and follows his blockers into the hole. Now, so he's picked up two lead blockers, and people say, well, they do that out of a different formation now with the fullback and running back. But the play fakes and planting his foot like he's going to throw creates that pause, that awkward pause that they ask the quarterbacks to do now while they read the line. It, it all creates that, but it's with a purpose. The linebackers can't just say the quarterback's waiting to run, let's get there. He still might throw the ball back there, and it still freezes him. I would like to see that on, in the right occasion, but I just don't know what we ever will again. Not with this quarterback. I mean, maybe Alex Delton would run that, but then again, I've been saying on the pregame podcast, I wish they would create a series of plays for Alex Delton to come in and run that would give a defense a different look and the offense a different feel and make it tangible why you switch quarterbacks because you saw something that the defense is going to give you. I don't know. I'd like to see under center. I don't understand why Bill Snyder, of all people, has gotten away from it, but it is what it is. If, if I figured if we were going to – if he was going to move away from it, yeah, he still would stick with it a little bit. I don't know. We saw the option for the first time this year. It wasn't even really a true option. It was just kind of a pitch. Um, maybe they're just trying to save a lot of stuff. We'll see. They better be. I mean, if they if they aren't if they are saving stuff and we don't see it on Saturday, like what? Why? Why? What are you doing here? Don't wanna... just writing off this game as a loss. And I don't. He never says that. But if they go down there and run the same plays, yeah, keep it off tape for that 2020 team. I guess. I guess. I don't know. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Podcast, sponsored by, by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Got ahead of myself there. And, of course, that segment is brought to you by our friends at Tanner's. Man, I had the meatloaf the other day. Friday spe- lunch special meatloaf. Oh, meatloaf. It's so good. The Powercat Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the PowerCat Podcast. PowerCat Podcast continues with the second half. It follows the first half. Uh, and, of course, we're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And this segment is sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill. Just made a dinner appointment for 
Wednesday night. This Tanners. segment is sponsored by Tanners. Oh my goodness. We just gave him two segments, didn't we? You tried. Well, I did. Now I gotta go back and take it back. This segment isn't brought to you by Tanners. If I did eat there on Wednesday, I'm gonna eat there on Wednesday night. Just made a dinner appointment. Some friends coming to town just to see me. Is Marcus invited? I'm not inviting Marcus. Yes, because Mark, he actually likes Marcus. He doesn't like us. Yeah, Marcus, I like you. Except for that time the other night when I didn't invite you to Tanner's. But he hey. showed up anyway. Oh, he did. He still, I think he's got a GPS on me. Uh, we were brought to you in this segment by Oahu Fire and Ice Grill. Ate there last night. With uh, the mother unit. Was in town. Uh-huh. With my aunt and uncle. What did we eat? They put me in, uh, they put us in the back room, in the uh, big private room. Yeah, I mean, they wanted to isolate me from the other customers. I've been back there too. No, nah, they wanted to isolate. They didn't don't want me special. around their other customers. Don't feel special. I don't feel special. I feel like they wanted to keep me away from people. It's the big spender room. But it was really good. I had the special. It was a half turkey with a tiger sauce glaze on it. You ever had tiger sauce there, Tiger? No? No. It's good. When you say half turkey, was it half turkey and something I say else? turkey? Chicken. Or, okay. My God, what's going on with my brain? And that's the PowerCat Podcast. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Fitz has suffered a stroke between halves here. Like, ate half a turkey. (laughs) Have a a chicken. (laughs) That that much food. (laughs) I ate half a turkey, and then I had half a pork. Okay, let's just move on and pretend none of this ever happened, uh, except go to the fridge and go to Wahoo there as well. Here we go, Zach. From KSU number one, the number twos looked... To get absolutely gashed, or was that just me? They were awful. Yeah. They were awful. If this, <laughs> Stay away from injuries. If you get hurt any anymore, this is going to be a disastrous season. Snyder loved it, though. He loved it. He got an easy win and still got to be mad. Yep. And he had a reason to be. I felt sorry for Justin Selman. Here, have the football tackle. <laughs> Here, have the football tackle. This wasn't fair, man. And then that defense, man. They almost. The UTSA almost backdoor covered. That's why I don't gamble on sports. UTSA was like throwing for the end zone to backdoor cover a 21 point spread and make it look like it was a much closer game than it actually was. <sighs> I was not happy with that. Just stay away from injuries. You get down into that depth too much, Casey's going to be in big trouble. From Canelio. I noticed Wyatt Hubert started on Saturday. To me, he definitely looks like he was the motor and able to be our next great defensive player. What are your start? thoughts? Did he start? I don't know. Yeah, but he played I a lot. Him and uh, Kyle George. Ball were in at one point. Is mm. I'm pretty sure interior defensive lineman. On the yeah, I know series. that. I know that play. Yeah, that's. The, I guess I thought Jordan started. That's a jet package on okay. rushing. I don't know, but they. He's good. I like him. Is he great? Not yet, but. He's pretty good. He looks the part, and uh, he seems to make some plays, so they need that on defense. Guys, they have to get a better pass rush, period, in a story. If they go to West Virginia and don't put any pressure on Will Greer, it's just going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a disaster. Now, it might still be. He might break the pocket and be just as effective, but good Lord, they're not getting enough pressure on quarterbacks. Going back to Wyatt there for a second, um, I think it's really refreshing to see him be you know, playing this well because so many times we'll hear things in the you know the off season or throughout the season you know this this player is really impressing us in his workouts mm-hmm. this player could be really special 
and then they get in and they maybe play a few snaps and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, not really. But he's living up to the hype. I mean, we people were talking about him, you know, could he potentially sneak into as a true freshman, which we knew he, he wouldn't probably do that. But he's certainly impressed, and I think it's really refreshing to have a guy actually live up to that hype, like I said, because it shows that you're not always uh, just being fed a bunch of random stuff. From Wagcat, can you comment on the number of times our defensive line stunts in one direction and linebackers don't fill the gaps they just left? It is quite common with this group in the same vein. Any thoughts about how Siler seems to want to get upfield when rushing the passer versus keeping them in the pocket like Tom Hayes? There's just there's just a lot of moment. I, that's a lot a lot of information and question, by the way. Um, but uh, it, it just seems like a lot of the times the linebackers and you know we've said Sam size love a lot. I think over the last two weeks, um, and, and rightfully so. I think he struggled a lot. I just feel like the linebackers end up getting in the wrong place a lot of the times, and I don't. I guess I don't know what the what the credit, what the blame is for that. You know, I feel like they're all pretty well knowledged in the defense i feel like they've got smart people leading um in terms of where they need to be at um and the defensive tackles it's i just i guess i don't what i'm trying to get at is i don't know where the blame goes you know and it's not like they're always out of place but they're out of place enough at the wrong times to really kind of get hurt on a play a defense is like a house of cards if you don't if you can't count on the guys to fill their gap and do their job, everything's going to collapse. Because if I can't count on you to be where you're supposed to be, then I'm going to try to be there, but then know who's filling in for me, and it just all falls apart. And I feel like that's what K-State's going through right now. They're not gap sound. They're not taking care of their jobs. And, and honestly, I think some guys are out of position. Some guys are doing the wrong job on the wrong plays, and you can see them clearly going to do something else that someone else on the team's doing. So someone in there is doing it wrong. Not knowing, being privy to what the calls are, we're not sure who's screwing up, but this defense isn't sound enough, and it will get horribly exposed in Morgantown if it stays that way. I mean, West Virginia is clearly a team that is going to throw the ball. Like, that's going to be their strength. And I still think they might have, like, 200 rushing yards on this game because this defense has been so out of place. Will Greer might run for a good 80. Just he might accumulate 600 yards of offense by himself. Yeah, you're right. I mean, come on. From Adam K 63 oh, that this is not a slam on Sam, but is Sam size love this year's version of Jade Kirby? No, I take Jade Kirby. <laughs> I take Jade Curry first. <laughs> uh, he is the best option they currently have if Elijah Sullivan is injured. Yeah, I guess. Based on what I saw from the linebackers that came in. Now, look, Justin Hughes might get there, might get there. But right now, it's it's him. Coach Snyder said Elijah Sullivan will play at West Virginia. He's got a shoulder that's going to keep popping out, folks. That's Marcus Watts seems to be able to identify what injury he's got, and it won't be a sound shoulder for the rest of the year. I but, think – Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but you know, hopefully he can stay healthy because K State needs him out there. I think we should also. I like to tell people when I'm right. Maybe we should eat a little bit of crow as to when we were wrong. Eric Gallon looked not good. 
no. on the field. <laughs> no. <laughs> and we were clamoring. We, we immediately went, oh, that's why he's not playing. Yeah. It was so baffling. I, I did not think he could be that far off of where Sam was. But the difference, I guess really the only thing that Sam and Jade have in common is that the defense or the offenses ran right at them. Sam's not going to lead this team in tackles like Jade did, but uh, both both off or both were ran at quite a bit by the opposing offense. From Meow Power, thoughts on that full body B slap from Eli Walker? I haven't seen someone punish a ball carrier's face like that since Arthur Brown. Dude, Eli Walker should have been thrown the heck out of that game. I don't agree with that. That was straight up targeting. The guy leaned down into the headgear. He did dip his his face mask down into it. So. Uh, when Eli took off on that beeline, I, you knew he was hitting him in the head. <laughs> he didn't, though. He, yes, he did. He hit him. Well, he did, but he didn't aim for his head. He he put his shoulder into him, and the guy leaned down into Eli's. I definitely would have been reviewing it. Yeah, I was surprised it wasn't reviewed. But, my God, did he close fast. It was like, oh, my God. You saw that play develop, and you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. uh-oh. And then, his, this purple streak ran by and just nailed him. Can I make but that yeah. sound again? But how oh, that tickled my lips. <laughs> uh, but it probably should have been reviewed, but I don't think it was an intentional targeting. I well, think. maybe not intentional, but right. you can get tossed for a non-intentional. I mean, it's not you don't have to be like... I don't, I don't think it fit the rule of targeting. I don't. He led with his shoulder, and the guy leaned his headgear down into the tackle. Fair enough. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. Not that mine's right. From Solly43, how good are West Virginia's defensive backs compared to Mississippi State? I honestly don't know. Uh, I mean. It's Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Well, and I don't. I don't know if necessarily Mississippi State's. Yes, they were good. Don't get me wrong. This is how I'm going to define this. I think Mississippi State and West Virginia are going to be very comparable in overall quality, but I don't think West Virginia's defense is going to be as intimidating as Mississippi State's, but the offense is a hell of a lot better. Look, the reason the K-State passing game struggled so much against Mississippi State was not because of the defensive backs. It was because Montez Sweat and whatever the other one's name is. Simmons. Yeah, I blanked. They, They were in the backfield like that. I mean, I should probably do that closer to the mic. You're a horrible snapper. I am. I'm better than you are with snapping. I can't whistle either. Um, but, no, that that's why that. So, I, I wouldn't necessarily put too much weight into the defensive backs. and um, They do have some guys. I mean, they have they have a few good defenders. But uh, I don't think it's necessarily to the point where Skyler's going to play as badly as he did against Mississippi State. From Wildcat Wabash. Everyone here is extremely high on West Virginia this year, but how are they actually different than any other year? It seems like they're always a fun, trendy pick with a quarterback who can put up numbers, but ultimately they flame out. Because they're more they're more experienced. Um, Will Greer, yeah, I understand what he's saying by the whole uh, trendy quarterback thing. I get that. Um, Look, but they're better. They were good last year, and then Will Greer had the hand injury and they couldn't recover from it. Yeah. They can't. They they their offense is him. It's not like a system. They can plug someone else in. That just didn't work for them. But the pressure's going to be on um, Dana Holgerson if they don't do something this year with 
this quarterback. Because I mean, he's the special. best quarterback he's had. Oh, by far. A million times better than Geno. I I think Geno was soft, and I think K-State exposed him, and he wasn't the same after that. I think he was a prima donna that as long as he was protected, he was okay. And I don't think Geno Smith was ever the same after that K-State game. No, he wasn't. He got rattled. For the rest of his career. I don't think he was ever the same. Because once people knew that you pressure him, he he lost his emotions. That's all people did to him. But I also think the defense is better overall. Um I think that, they have I that they their have defense is improving. So yeah, yeah, I'd, I think West Virginia's good. I, I just, you know, I, I I'm not a big. I think Dana Holgerson's good, but I don't think he's a great coach. I'm upset that this game got canceled against North Carolina State because they have a, NC State had a really good quarterback, and it would have been really interesting to see how they played against a, a quarterback of his capabilities. I mean, honestly, I, that's where I was going to do my, you know, really do my homework was on that game. Yeah, game didn't happen. It's like a hurricane hit or something. Mm. From Freuch 101, does this team make it to seven wins? If they lose to Texas at home, they will need to pull off a big upset yeah. somewhere else. It's kind of funny. I was just discussing this with people at the press conference. I, they got three road games. I don't think they're good. They, they're, the team I'm seeing now is not going to win at West Virginia, Oklahoma, or TCU. No. Period. Not this team. Maybe they get vastly better, but I think they've got to get vastly better to win those games. Or those teams have to really stink it up. Um, you know, I didn't think K-State could win at Oklahoma State last year, and they did it. But Coach Snyder's teams get better. But let's just say they don't. That gets them to 8-4 and four at the very best. means you're protecting your home field against the likes of Texas, um, Oklahoma State. you got Tech and Kansas in here. You should win those games. Okay, so that those four wins would get you to six and gives you Baylor. And Iowa State on the road. Man, I'm telling you what. Winning all winning all those games, winning most of those games, go. First off, Baylor, come on. Let's just Dude, chill. The, the team I'm seeing is not that they good. They got throttled by Duke, who had a backup quarterback in. But in fairness, they also had a algebra test. And they lost that horribly. Like the so Duke many people wanted better. to invest so much into Baylor because of two games. Good Lord. Baylor's going to go. Baylor's going to lose to Kansas this week. Mark it down right now. Sharpie? Sharpie. Sharpie? Baylor will lose to Kansas. Sharpie. But it was funny. I did radio this morning, and they're at – because I went – I predicted 8-4 at the start of the year. I had them losing to West Virginia, Oklahoma, TCU, and Iowa State, all those road games. And those toss-ups now, the Texas and Oklahoma State, I have them losing to Oklahoma State now. I had that one as a win. Oklahoma State's a lot better than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Texas, I still feel like they can get Texas. Texas has got to feel good about themselves. Yeah, until they lose this week against, like, Texas Tech. Just TCU. because that's a, te- TCU. a TCU? Okay, whatever, whoever it was. I, I'm with you, but I think that Texas game in two weeks in Manhattan is absolutely enormous for Kansas State oh, yeah. football. It, isn't it seem like Texas is get, the game against Texas is always massive? Yeah. Last year, I think it's what kind of broke well, them. The Vanderbilt game, yeah, pushed it, but and the Texas game broke them. Yep. You go from a seven-win team to a nine-win team, two games you should have won. Yeah, I agree. They got a lot of work to do. They got they got a lot of games in which they could lose that they need to find a way to win. Another new name, Mountain Dew Cat seventy-four. Welcome. Wow. Hi, Mountain Dew Cat. 
Uh, how calm are the waters? Uh, it's not choppy water but it's like to me it feels like you're going like 10-15 miles an hour down the lake it's nice somewhat calm but then this jackass on a jet ski just drove by I will name him Nick Fitzgerald. <laughs> he got a bunch of waves going, and your your boat's a little rocking right now. You're like, oh, crap. What happened there? Mountain Dew, if they go to West Virginia and lose by 20, 30 points, it's going to get a little bit wake-filled. You know, the, your, your boat's going to be bouncing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I agree, man. I agree, but this is what K-State football is right now. Another one from Mountain Dew Cat. Will the program ever be anything other than a 7-8 to eight win team struggling to be in a bowl game? Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, that's uh, true. Oh, Scott. I mean, it, it, they could be a 5-6 or six win team this season that loses a game that you absolutely don't think they'll lose. Um, but Kansas. Yeah. God. They look all right right now. But it's early. I'm just. Um, but I'm just going to say, I think seven to eight is right in the sweet spot. You know, they could hop up and win nine, hop down and lose, you know, be six win. I don't think they'll ever be horrible under Bill Snyder, but I'm not sure they're getting the level of personnel based on what we saw from the number twos that can make this a double digit win team again anytime soon. You know, I. Th- I- Particularly in this conference. Yeah, and Ryan Wallace's article on the recruiting that he did last week, I mean, it summed it up perfect, you know? Just all the all the discrepancies between what K-State does and what other teams do and how that changes things. I just think that that in and of itself speaks to why they're not there, you know? Why they haven't been there since 2012 when, I mean, let's be straight, it was kind of an out. I mean, eleven, twelve are just kind of outliers right now. Uh, they really are. Everything else is seven to eight wins, which is fine. But I don't want to cover the cheese at bowl every year. There's, there's a cheese at bowl. Do we get free cheese its? Yeah. Do we get a film of the, the game? No. Mm. Well, let me ask you this: Did you get Buffalo Wild Wings at the Buffalo Wild Wings bowl? Uh, sort of. It's the same bowl. I think they served them at halftime. They served them at halftime, but they were like boneless, which I thought was funny. I tell you what, we oh. just need to go back to the Texas bowl. I wasn't there. I just remember Tyler telling me. Yeah. We can go back to the Texas Bowl this year because that was the greatest media meal I've had at a game yet because it opened up with, like, tacos, which is really, really good here in Texas. It was good tacos. And then halftime they had chicken strips and cookies. We're so spoiled. Last question of the second half from Garcat12761. Is our mediocrity for football and basketball over the past few years leading to more apathy among K-State fans? I think so. Give me that question again. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Is our mediocrity for football yeah. and basketball over the last few years leading to more apathy among K-State there, fans? There's a lot of forces at work here. I mean, people – and I'm not criticizing people because I might be the same way. If I was a fan, I might tend to just stay at home and watch it on TV and not fight the traffic and not fight the crowd and – be uncomfortable sitting in a packed arena or a stadium and the heat, particularly on Saturday, the heat was oppressive for those that were in the sun. 
Um, so that, you know, that's a reality that all sports are dealing with right now. I mean, attendance is dropping in most arenas, unless you're really good, um, unless you're the hot team. But I think right now there is a, a sense of lethargy around K-State fans. They just are like, you know, basketball at the end of the season was fun. But for most of the year, it was pretty average. You know, above average. When, you, when you're constantly an average team in both sports, you know, around 20 wins, sometimes more, sometimes less in basketball. And in football, you're always a 7-9 to nine win team somewhere in there. You know, nothing great, nothing awful. You get to the point where you're just like, okay, well, we're always an average team. And, you know, I think that's kind of the definition right there. And you get so, an average performance yeah. from the fan base. Which is fine. Some games is, are great. Some games are not. You need to get to the point where you're selling out uh, Western Illinois on a Tuesday night for basketball or the South Dakota – or well, that game, I, again, the heat. But UTSA on Saturday at 3 p.m. is 52,000 loud. You know, that's yeah. what you need. Yeah, and you know what? It was unbelievable. It's not that it was hot on Saturday. It was unexpectedly hot. Yeah. You walked out of your house and it's like 88, 90 degrees. You're like, oh, that's nothing. I'm from Kansas, man. Then you get in the stands, it's like, holy mother, this yeah. is unbelievable. And and it's, you know, 24-point lead at halftime. Hell, I'm out of there. I don't, I've made fun of the fans evaporating, but that was kind of just, I wasn't blaming anyone for leaving. I'd I'm get the hell out there. for that. For The team's not even playing that well. They're leading, but they're not like, it's not like great football to watch. So, but... I think there was a day when fans were more passionate and Whoop might have stuck that out a little bit longer. I know this. They played Iowa and Arrowhead in the probably the hottest game that I've ever seen fans have to deal with. And those fans, unless it was health-related, stuck it out because it was a great game and the passion for the program was incredible. That it? That's oh, it. That's a strong finish. That's it for the second half of the Powercat Podcast. We will we will be right back with the overtime session. No idea what's going on in the overtime. And, again, some serious questions, some fun questions. Uh, that's why it's the overtime. It's extra stuff. And we are brought to you by Fred Schultz Liquor. And that segment is brought to you by, by our friends at Wahoo. I cannot speak today, and it's an important part of the podcast. I am far shy of the standards of the Wizard of Pod. The gang will return with more of the Power Cat Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. 
Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCamp.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the overtime segment of the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the extra stuff, the stuff that didn't fit in the first half or the second half. or For whatever reason, Riley Gates put it in the overtime. Maybe it's about potato chips. I don't know what the questions are about. We got I love fun? the overtime because it's just like, you know, hey, there's it's a like serious a question. Punch. Damn you. <laughs> uh, Brett still listens oh, to this. Oh, that's why it was the hodgepodge. Brett, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are sponsored by Fridge Hills Liquor, and this segment's brought to you by our good friends at the Hilo. Um, it, I, I freaking love the Hilo. I do, too. Like, I don't know. I'm not just... I, I know people think we pump a bunch of you know ads and sponsors and stuff. I really these are like actually them. the places I really we go do to. Like the Hilo, it's literally perfect for me. It's pizza and beer. We didn't wander around uh, a business district with our hat out saying, "Will you sponsor us?" Um, we actually these are the bars we go to. These are the restaurants we eat at. It's perfect. I mean, these are our literally our friends. Yeah. So. The high low, great pizza, great burgers, great drinks, cool vibe, just a different vibe, different than almost any Aggieville place. People kind of made a rockabilly comparison at first, but I think now it's kind of gone in a totally different direction. If you're ever out at about one, that's still in the, the morning. That's still probably the fairest comparison. Well, yeah. the decorations are kind of that way, but not honestly not as cool as rockabilly. It's a bigger space; you can't do that. But it's, yeah. If you're ever out at 1.50 a.m. on a, well, I guess technically Friday, so Thursday night into Friday morning, mm-hmm. you'll probably see me at the Hilo. Getting ready to get some pizza? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way. And sometimes I'll go there. And if lunch. you don't know, the Hilo serves AJ's Pizza. Which is the best pizza in town. Yeah. I mean, Adam that owns AJ's is partners with Seth that runs the bar. It's it's kind of like a, a win, win-win. Well, it's kind of like when peanut butter ran into chocolate. And created the Reese's Cup. It's the Reese's Cup of Aggieville. The Hilo. Get in there. Uh, and they, too, Put it serve. on a sign. <laughs> they, too, serve all of their liquor from the fridge. From KSU number one, how brutal was that sun Saturday? A lot of folks wow. passing judgment Sorry. on those students. I was oh, how, to... how was it, guys? How was the sun? <laughs> yeah, Zach, how was it? How was it? No, I really did feel bad for real. I forgot my credential, and so I had to wait for my roommate to bring it to me. And literally, I, so I stayed in Bramlage the whole time waiting for him. I'm like, why would I stand outside? I got my credential, and from the Bramlage walk to the elevator to get up to the press level, holy crap, I was just dripping in sweat. It was bizarre because it temperature-wise, it wasn't that hot, and I didn't realize the humidity was as bad as it was. So yeah. it was just this harmonic convergence of a setting sun laser focusing on the west side. East side. East, east side. side. Did I say west earlier? Yeah. You said west. No, no, you said east earlier. Well, earlier in the second. The, the side that was sunny. I stayed over there the whole time. Yeah, Except you do I, shoot I, from over there, don't I you? I shoot on the visitor side. Or, well, did, I shoot on the side opposite the press box, whether or not the visitor... Is on that side, but it, at home, that's the visitor sideline because there's usually less people over there. There was nobody over there for that. I yeah, would find for, it for very interesting to see how many students would stay if, and I'm not suggesting this should happen, but if the student section was on the west side 
in the shade, you know, with the press box and everything. How many would stay? Well, we'll find out when they play a night game. Yeah. If they sold $2 beers, how many students would say? Huh. Thank you. Wow, what you a know? thought. Hey, look, I, I really, like I said in the previous segment, I don't blame any students for leaving that. The game kind of was, and the sun was awful, and, and I mean, it was a, it, I hate 3 p.m. kicks. That, that was just a weird Oh, just the, it was a, just a bad conversion. We trash on the students sometimes for leaving, but that's because you leave in a 10-point game right. when it's cool outside against the I'll trash opponent. on the students for leaving the entire section open against Mississippi State. Yeah. That made me mad. This didn't make me mad. I was just observing that. Boy, I'm amazed you guys made it as long as you yeah, did. Yeah, no, they beat the hell out of – they got the hell out of town and went, I'm going to go take a nap and then to Aggieville, which I think I probably would have done too. From West Tejas Cat 50 – Come to think of it, I did do that. (laughs) Except I didn't really get a nap in. Uh, The Big 12 is solid this year. Sure looks to me the bottom half of the conference is better than the last couple of seasons. Uh, The top tier is probably the same. Who is the biggest surprise team this year, and who is the next biggest surprise? I think Oklahoma State has a case for to be the biggest yeah. surprise team. Um, you know, a, a new quarterback that didn't have hardly any game experience, if any, um, and, and a, deplete, a depleted offense all around, um, and suddenly they look like a really, really good team. Um, you know, I think Texas Tech, I've been really impressed with how Texas Tech hasn't fallen apart, and it further proves that it literally is just a system That's at system. Texas Tech. I really thought, you know, Pat Mahomes and Nick Shimanek were kind of up here. And then guys like McLean Carter, um, these are all lower. But, no, they're really not. And McLean's out, and in comes this Allen uh, – what's his last name? Crap. Average. We're going to go with I Al- blanked. Let's go well, with Allen Crap. I like that name. Hello, I'm Allen. Allen Bowman, that's what Crap. it is. Crap. Um, Bowman. But they've both been really impressive. So I've, I kind of am look. impressed by those two teams. And Look, let's, let's – Iowa State is a disappointment. Yeah. They're 0-2, and they would be 0-3 had their first they game. They played not right against Oklahoma. But, but they still, they still lost. lost. I know. Look, uh, let's be honest. KU goes to Baylor and wins. They're the biggest surprise in the conference. Yeah. Because it's like Frankenstein getting up off the table. The damn thing was dead. And all of a sudden, it's, it's stomping <laughs> around you, the man. room. Oh. Is, you know what this is? And some people won't like me for this comment. This is K-State basketball. You were almost done. Your head coach was almost gone, and people were getting behind that. They wanted Bruce Weber fired. And just as soon as he's out the door, he finds a way to win a bunch of games and earn his job back. This is what David Beatty's doing. Uh, this is more severe, but I'm, I'm going to be entertained by a four-win KU team. What they do with David Beatty. They have to keep him. I don't think so. You have to. He, They've if, hired a new that AD. That means he wins two Big 12 games. I know. If he wins two Big 12 That's games. That's why it's going to be entertaining. There's only one team worse than Kansas, and it's Baylor. So that means if they win two, they beat somebody really good. Kansas football, better than Baylor and less rapey. <laughs> Buy your season tickets now. Dude, I'm telling you, if they fire him at four wins. I w- Zach is not happy with me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, Next question. From Canelio. After the Texas game in a couple weeks, it's Oklahoma State in October, then mm-hmm. Kansas and Texas Tech in November. Is this upcoming conference season going to have an odd feel to it? Uh, it yeah. does there's, to there's me. There's 10 weeks left in the season. 
four home games. I mean, because Dude, there's uh, an off week in the middle of October. I'm it's sorry. It's fun to be at home for three weeks to start the college football season. No, I, just, I love the off week. Yeah, It's fun to be home because you're like, oh, God, football's back. I have so much energy. I love it. I'm, I'm at home. I'm going to the game. It sucks because now you're on the road all the time. And even one of the road games isn't Kansas this year, which isn't even really a road game. That's, what, that's really what's weird. I wish they'd swap that out where when KU and K-State were having the five road game year, the KU or K-State game was on the road. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. You literally have five road games when you could have four and the KU game in Lawrence. I'll tell you what the weirdest part I think of the schedule is, is that by early November, K-State's going to take some lumps. You know, they're going to play Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, TCU, Texas. But then they're going to coast in the last three weeks, I think. Kansas. And Texas Tech should be wins. Like, right. Regardless, those should be wins. Iowa State, I don't think is going to be a very – I think that this might be a team that realizes they're not as good as they were they last be, year, and they fold. They, yeah, they could be four wins at that point yeah. and fall apart. But then again, it might be uh, – there might be like an iceberg. But what if Kansas ends. State folds? What if they have four wins by the time they play Oklahoma State? I'm planning my holidays in Vegas. Last time I did that, K-State made it to the Elite Eight. Well, so. that's your fault. They weren't eliminated yet. I think the schedule looks weird just because you have to go to Oklahoma and then to TCU. If those games were split, if they would have swapped TCU and that's KU or brutal. Texas Tech or whatever, I think it would look a lot a lot better. Yep, I agree. Next question is from Exhausted Nihilist. If Patrick Mahomes in the NFL is for real, then why do you think Ryan Gosling actually gave up a reasonable acting career to go after his true passion of coaching football at Texas Tech, underqualified and unprepared as he obviously was? (laughs) I'm sorry. He looks nothing like Ryan Gosling. He's a far more handsome man than Ryan Gosling. He's a strikingly handsome man. There's not an answer to that. A, I'm sorry. With but. a beautiful fake watch. It's, he's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, he needs to be an offense coordinator somewhere. Yeah, he does. In the NFL. He's not a head somewhere, coach. He's just not, he can't put all the pieces together. What if he went to like a like an Oregon? Because if you got a quarterback in that system, Oregon's defense is usually all right. If you had him as an offense coordinator and Jim, Jim Levitt as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know about Mario Cristobal, but. Yeah. From I Like Pickles Cat, Pat Mahomes needs 46 more touchdowns to break Peyton's record. What odds do you need to take that bet? He, it was 40 more? 46. I, I mean, 46? what's the re- what's what's Peyton's record? It's got to be 56, well, be 56 or 55. He's, he's got, he's got nine, 10. 9, 10. He's okay. 10? Yeah. He's 10, Dude, he threw good. 6 yesterday on Sunday. Yeah. Um, God. Look, I think he's going to get really close. I don't think he's going to break it. Six touchdown games are not going to happen every week, okay? No. Yeah, you don't need six. He's going to have a game week, up, though. In a few weeks, one of these times, he's going to have a game where he goes for maybe one touchdown and throws three interceptions. He's just going to. It happens. Dak Prescott did it the year that Dallas went 13-3 and his rookie year. So everybody has a bad week. I mean, he's just going to have to average three a game, basically. That's hard. And they have one of the best running backs in the league. Pass it to him. Look, it's going to be interesting because their defense isn't great, but their defense is also getting put in bad positions because, like Tech and Tech football, 
They're scoring so fast, the defense never is rested, and they're back on the field. This is really interesting. What the difference here, though, is this is this Kansas City team has a lot of weapons. I mean, offensively and in special teams, and they're going to score a lot of points. There might be times where they're scoring points, but it's not Mahomes throwing touchdowns. Did you say this Kansas State team? I think it's a Kansas City. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. If I didn't, that, that's pretty par for the course in this podcast. I think Texas Tech's defense is better than Kansas City's defense. If I call myself Fem Tits Gerald, then we got a problem because <laughs> I'm really lost at this point. From Turn KSU, why didn't K-State wear the camouflage helmets for Fort Riley Day? Go. Uh, because Bill Snyder looked at it. He says, we are 0-2 in these helmets. And I know what you're going to say because he said it in the car. But Bill Snyder's a guy that if you're 0-2, you're not going to wear them a third time. I don't know if we're going to see him again this year. Maybe ever. It's an even year. They wear them in odd years. The rumor is What are you talking a, about? They um, wore them back-to-back years. The rumor is they got a Did different they? alternate helmet for a different game. Bull. That's what I think, but that's the rumor. If I you, you, where is that rumor coming from? The the ever reliable uh, Twitter. There's no way, no way. We do this every year. Oh, here, Key State has new pants. I don't know. I'm just sharing. I don't know. I, I really. I mean, we don't have an answer. They, but I really think they that protect. they went to Coach Snyder and they said, "Hey, it's it's Fort Riley Day. Do you want to wear the helmets?" And he said, "What happened the last two times we wore them? No." I look. I I, I don't know about that, but. Uh, uh, I think Sean's they, – they've worn alternate helmets the last two years, right? Right. Yeah. I, I think I think Sean's got him to do it one one time a year. So we'll see if that happens. I'll, I'll go to Vegas saying they won't wear a different one this year. They protect uniform rumors better than they protect injury rumors now, right? Yeah. Coach Snyder confirms injury rumors, basically. We asked him about an alternate helmet at a press conference. He'll go, I don't know what you're talking about. What's a helmet? Yeah, what's a helmet? <laughs> you mean the leather things we wear? Yeah. I don't know. Talking about uniforms uh, from Freuch. Freuch. 101. 101. Do you think we see any uniform changes this year, even just for a game like the white camo helmets? Nope. New socks, new socks, new socks. Well, technically, we've already seen them then. Okay. Everyone gets no, a free wristband. I think sorry. they'll, wear, they'll Alter- wear white on the road this weekend, so there's a change for you. Alternate wristbands. Uh, the 1998 throwbacks or the 1989 throwbacks? Is I like can confirm from a source that Kansas State will be wearing gray pants it. and a white jersey this week. Man. My sources confirm that to me. Got it. I would just. <laughs> They're not going to wear it now. <laughs> white pants and a white helmet with a white jersey, and I'd just be so happy. Mm-hmm. I'd be a happy puppy. Mm-hmm. And then they lose by 50. What color numbers? Purple. I would have all purple, yeah. Not yeah. silver? Nope. No. Nope. Oh, silver on white? Get all the way out of here with that. Come on. Oregon. No. Oregon style. No. Uh, no. I think that's no. too much. You got to have no. purple. Purple's your color. Then why do we have black? Don't don't get me started on this, okay? I, I don't know. It's an alternate. It's something I'm very passionate about. But silver is not a school color either, and neither is white. I think that's weird. It's just purple. The school color. It's in the fight song. It's a school color. How about some teal? Tom Asbury teal. That's what I want. (laughs) Swear to God, this is the true story. After I left high school, Salina Central was maroon and white. Denny Walgren, the coach, added teal as an accent color with maroon. Well, it was not good, man. It was teal. Teal's good if it's with black and another shade of blue and purple in a '90s coliseum. 
basically, you know, the cup, like the styrofoam cup, that's basically what K-State was. Oh, that's horrible. Um, it was so bad. <laughs> from Autumn Cat, I had thought in the phased uh, master plan for Bill Center Family Stadium, there eventually were going to be some east side upgrades that were going to happen. Are those still in the works? If so, what are they? Wasn't that kind of something we we stirred up as what we wanted to see. I mean, technically, the east side's getting that upgrade. No, the, up, the east side did get upgraded. Yeah, it this, did. The this east side is upgraded. Oh. Yeah, the, the east side got a complete makeover. Yeah. I guess I haven't looked that close. Well, I so believe if you look at that, the east side will connect to the Bramlage. I think. I think it'll be... I think the east side lines up with the Legends Room, and it always has. That was part of the plan. Well, I'll have to look at that again. Mm. But I think, it, I think in the big scope of things, it was supposed to all connect. Don't know. Don't know. I thought it was a little, let's put a set of Legos over here and a set of Legos over here and a set of Legos over here. And I wanted my Legos to snap together. How's that for a metaphor? Sure. Okay. Onward. From Parker. I like how we're just calling him Parker now. Well, what do you want me to say? GPC Brian Gates is Parker. Look, my brother's cheap. He ain't going to buy a, a, a subscription. What kind, of, what kind of example do we set for the people we're asking to pay their hard-earned money that some cheap-ass Fort Hayes student is honking in on our scene, and he probably has Q's hamburger on his breath while he's typing this out? Well, and the worst part is he'll sit here and talk about how he makes more money than me, which... No, he doesn't. It's he makes a lot of money in like a two month span because he works a summer job because he's refuses to grow up and get a real job. Well, what's his summer job? He works. Well, he had like kind of worked at the lake, like maintenance, and then he also works like harvest at the elevator, which they pay out the butt for that. Well, I bet. It but it's like you. a two week period. So yeah, you make a bunch of money that month. You probably make more money than I do that month. But I have twelve months. You will get three. There we go. Okay. Uh, what's, he asks, what songs would be on a post-2010 only Snyder music playlist? They've started to play some different stuff. They really have a few things, but it's, they're not moving away. Just a few things here and there. Mm -hmm. But it's all, they've always had different songs before. It'd be all like Meek Mill and stuff no. like that. Be like country. No. And like pop songs that were kind of okay. If like you're gonna think Sunny 102.5 songs. <laughs> This kickoff's brought to you by Maroon 5. Exactly. Play animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I no, no. Honestly, I'm at the point where it's like, oh, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna go new music, but you're gonna let Coach Snyder pick it, just stay with the old stuff until he retires. You got it. I'm with that. All you know, the music isn't great, but it's not awful. Yeah, it's part of the culture. Yeah, there's still one more. Okay. Let's do it. Last question of overtime, KSU number one. If you could have any business move into Manhattan, what would it be? We got to take Whataburger out. Ban mm. Whataburger. I mean, we, it would be my answer is Whataburger, but like we always we always talk about I know. Whataburger. I know. People are low key getting mad at us, by the way, because not like us, but like media, because we like Whataburger. Hey, you know what? Look, I, I'm not I'm not doing road games this year, probably. Oh, and you bet I'm gonna send you pictures. Yeah, I, I'm realizing that's that's the ramifications of not going on the road. No Whataburger. Okay, what business would we bring to Manhattan, Kansas? Realistically, on the border. Oh, for God. And doesn't have to be a food place, too. I mean, it could I be. I can't think of any non-food places at this point, though. I would. I'm a hotel guy. 
I would build a Homewood Suites somewhere out by the stadium. God, you're weird. <laughs> I have a hotel, like in that in the the park out there by the Alumni Center. Yeah. Foundation. I mean, whatever. What is that? Foundation. Yeah. The thing about the farm yeah. place, ag place. Yeah. K State Business Park. I, and every hotel owner in town went, ooh, we're getting a second hotel in Aggieville. But Embassy so. Suites are kind of the way uh, I like an Embassy. I don't suites. think I don't. I think it's wrong like, market. Yeah, I think it's like having a Hilton. I think that market's above the population here. So, so uh, you know, I am your guys's. I'm Homewood to you, and uh, so I think we should have a Homewood Suites. Man, this is a tough question. Uh, a top golf for one of their ooh, lower level competitors. Ooh, there you like go. Bottom golf is that one they're. Lower? I, I don't think know. Top there's golf. other. There's yeah, other. good job, Zach. There's yeah. other. There's not enough market for that. There's, the hell, there's not. I'm talking about like the knockoff. There's some knockoff top golfs that you Dude, could average you could golf. Pull. Even top. Oh, let's not act like top golfs. Super expensive, but top, they're in big markets. Top yeah, golf it's gets not. Ex- well, okay, it's the wrong market. They're but. super expensive to build. Okay, well, Whataburger doesn't come to Kansas, but we made like this is the overtime. Everything's unrealistic. Okay, I picked a hotel top chain golf that was perfect, realistic, honestly, because I, that's I like, like a Renaissance hotel. If you're a student in Manhattan, what is there to do? I would go like to a, Aggieville. I would like a beach. You done? Done, Coach Mo? I'm sorry. Hey man, shut up. If you're a student. What's there to do in Manhattan? I was like, okay, go to the bars. Yeah, that's fun. You can bowl, I guess. I like to bowl from time to time. But, like, there's not, like, an activity to go do, really. That's an activity. A night, you know, maybe that's what I would do on, like, Friday nights before a game. I would go play top golf. I got one. Go. Tear down uh, the hat and bushwhackers. I know it's never First been off, bushwhackers. Call it I've, by its name. When I've been in. Uh, oh, I was just in Dirty Dogs on Saturday night and had a good time. Second off, you take that out of your mouth. The hat is amazing for concerts. What do you want to build on? over there? A better concert venue. Oh, my oh. goodness. You, you, know you could build a decent-sized well, theater-style place there. Well, if you thought outside of Aggieville, it, gee, there's a big, giant, empty theater building right now in the city of Manhattan where you could renovate it into a, a better concert venue and a bar. Not Carmike. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Talking about Carmike? Yeah. I, I think that's a great location for a haunted bowling house, alley. maybe. Haunted house, for God's sake. No, that's the wrong. Well, it's not on a great we spot. We all know that the answer is Whataburger, but since we took it out, I'm going with Top Golf. Okay. Love you, Whataburger. Okay. You, you can just go that way. Look, it, this is going to be a really controversial answer. I'm going to put this on the table. Because Toby Keith's I love this bar and grill. No. Sorry. <laughs> no. I don't want a OU fan to have a – I'll go with a KU person before an OU fan because oh, that's my choice right I here. I wouldn't do that. One of my favorite bars in Kansas City to pop into is Johnny's. Ooh. And I know it's a KU bar. I know it started in Lawrence, but it's all over Kansas City now. I like Johnny's, man. I think they have food. It's kind of a dive bar, but not. Problem? Yeah. It's literally the exact same thing as Tanner's. Yeah, we can't just be having bars with people's first names on them. Like. Well, that's what all Manhattan's ever done. But I wouldn't put it in Aggieville. I think the, the prime location right now for another place is I live out west. Old Chicago rocks. It does. Because there's no competition. It's literally packed at 1130. I know. On a Tuesday. I was in Mr. K's, which is a great locally owned bar, and it was crowded and it was fun the other night. But there's that new shopping center going in at the corner of uh, Scenic and Anderson, where the gas station's going. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to have old 
business park in there. Think of all the apartments and everything in that area. Just yeah. stick a bar in there. You'd, you get. Yeah, what do you got? Quick trip. Sold. Bingo. Over. Done. Yeah, 7-Eleven. Get out. Get all the way out of here with that. Hold on. Get all the way out of uh, here with that. F- you're the fan of the roller meat. Oh, I love roller meat. <laughs> <I can't laughs> who, who, who am I kidding? Who am I kidding? Quick trip. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? Where a perfect quick trip would be? There's that gas station that just closed in the floodplain uh, over by the gym and Pyrocat Grill. The oppies that was there forever and ever is closed. You know why it's closed? Why? Because it's a terrible location. But no, you just you, you build a really nice quick trip right there, and people will come. It's kind of like a, building a ball field in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa. You've got roller meat hot dogs, I'll be there. I'll be there. Mediocre egg rolls, egg rolls on rollers, I'll be there, man. Taquitos? Taquitos. I don't even know what a taquito is. I'll be there. I like that answer. Good job, Relegates. That's a good way to end the pockets. Good I'm answer. proud of you. Good answer. I'm proud of you, buddy. Sit on the board. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I had fun playing anyway. Golly jeepers, I'm proud of you. The Thanks. Fitzgerald family has an opportunity to steal. <laughs> That's it for the Powercat Podcast. We're going to get out of here, and, of course, we'll have the pregame podcast ready for you on Friday up on the site as we preview the Cats and the Mountaineers in Morgantown. And we will talk to you next week. This, by the way, of course, Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into there when you're in town. Make sure you stop at the fridge and go see our, our family at the High Low. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.